Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. CCM is one church that meets every Sunday in various locations across Manchester. For more information about who we are or about our Sunday meetings, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com. Today, I am going to be speaking on um, fighting sin by the Holy Spirit. Woo-hoo! My verses are, we've got to the part in Romans 8, um, verse 12 to 13. So my verses that I've kind of rooted this talk in is, Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you live by the Spirit, you will put to death the misdeeds of your body and you will live. So, um, I actually loved that, Rochelle, uh, where are you there? Your first song was all about prayer and how we can come to Jesus in prayer. Um, I just think that's so helpful as we come to this talk and as we come to this topic. Actually, the reality of it is in Christ we can come to God. So, um, just a beautiful, beautiful reality. Um, and I'm speaking on fighting sin with the Holy Spirit, and I, I want to take this time to get to the heart of this, because sin and the shame around it has the utter potential to steal the God-given life, joy, and freedom we have in Christ. If you would call yourself a Christian here today, let me tell you wonderful news, or remind you of wonderful news. You have been welcomed and adopted into the family of God. And God says to you, come and take a seat at my family table and enjoy the feast. And if you don't call yourself a Christian today, welcome. God's arms are open wide to you today, and God longs to speak to you. And what does it mean to walk in the Spirit um, as we battle, um, as, as there's this battle for our hearts? Well, my prayer actually today is that God speaks to each of us personally, Because the reality of sin is that the roots are deep, but God can untangle us. God wants us to be free, um, to be who he made us to be with purpose and life and breath in our lungs and rid of guilt and shame that often comes with sin. And I just want us to let the Holy Spirit speak to us this morning. Let him bring things to light. Let him reveal things that we're struggling with, areas where we're entangled or we have chains on. We have a God who loves us in the midst, in the midst of our struggles, in the midst of our falling and stumbling and falling again, and he wants to help us. So let your hearts be open to his speaking, uh, his leading, his nudges this morning, and I'm just going to pray. Yeah, God, we thank you that you are a father who loves to speak to his children, I thank you so much for what Jesus did on the cross, taking on that sin and the death that we deserved and rising again to life and then giving us the Holy Spirit who is with us now, helping us as we walk this earth and this journey. Help us as we listen to this word today to listen to you, I pray. Um, Amen. So today... We're rooted in verses eight, uh, Romans 8, verse 12 to 13. Um, and my three topics, there we go, that's the verse. My three kind of titles are death versus life, what's the problem? But God, don't worry about it. 
There is a but God. He has the victory. And then the fight, the helper is here. Um, so there were two friends uh, that met in a restaurant. Um, two men uh, came to the restaurant. They met each other. As they got to the front of the restaurant, one was like, oh, I'm just going to go to the toilet and went off to the loo. And the other one went to the table. And when he got to the table, um, he realised there on the table was a £100 note. Um, now this friend looked at this note and he was like, oh, wow. I mean, all the things I could do with that. I mean, I could, I could get a, a nice new shirt. I could, uh, you know, go to the football with a friend. I mean, no one's going to notice. I could just put it in my pocket. Maybe, or maybe I shouldn't know. But, oh, but um, oh, oh. And uh, all these things were going around his head. As he was deliberating about this, he was frozen in this battle, this battle over should I or shouldn't I? What's the door that I'm going to go through? Um, his other friend arrived from the toilet and uh, oh, he saw the £100 note on the table and he immediately was like, oh, sorry, um, someone's left this £100 note on the table. Do you want to take it? And he just handed it to the waiter. Our heads and our hearts are a battleground for life and death. For some of us, a £100 note on a table will cause us all sorts of internal battles. And for others, it's not a big deal. We come over to the table, we see it and we give it away. But whether it's a £100 note or whether it's, I don't know, what you, you finish the sentence, the temptations are there. And I want to be clear today, that's not sin. The temptation isn't sin. Sin is what you do with it. Sin is in that battle choosing the opposite of life, choosing to say, no, God, choosing to go, I'm in charge, choosing to go, actually, I know best. It's choosing death. And there are two ways I think we can uh, engage with temptations badly. We can run into it or we can shove it deep down and pretend it never happened. Sadly, the reality is it does. It did. The running into it is we chase the pleasure. We run into it in this place that it, it can, we kind of think, this won't hurt. And then that turns into, oh, that didn't hurt. And then what was I thinking? That, wouldn't, that doesn't hurt at all. I want this. This is good for me. I deserve this. That's the running into it. And the second is pretending it never happened. The shame is too much, so I'm just not going to engage. I did it, but almost with my eyes closed. I'll brush it under the carpet and hope that no one ever sees. And last of all, I'm going to bring it to God. And I've been in both of those places where the voices are there tempting you. This won't hurt. Sometimes it's a whisper. Sometimes it's a nudge. Sometimes it's a large clanging voice or a feeling inside. And right and there, right there is the battleground, the fight. What will I do? Will I give in? Again, will I follow down that path that I, I know doesn't end very well? And really, does it start off big, but often you find yourselves entangled and in a place, a space or a moment where you know this isn't what you should, should be doing, but you are. And then the guilt and the shame comes. And the reality is that everything we do, every breath we breathe is in relationship to God. In those moments of struggle, the battle and the temptation, God's voice can seem really small, can't it? But the wonderful reality is he is there on that battleground of our hearts 
And he has wonderful truths to remind us of, whether we're living in relationship with him or not. Sin brings death is my first thing. Paul says in Romans, sin leads to death. In those moments of temptation, there are two doors. One which leads to life, to freedom, to wholeness, and the other which leads to disconnection, entanglement, and brings death. And that's sin. In a different letter to the Ephesian church, Paul uses uses words to paint a clear picture of this. I always love looking at this little bit. So, Ephesians 2. Okay, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world, of the ruler of the kingdom of air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. If you go on to the next slide, do you see what I see? We were dead. We were following the ways of this world. We were gratifying the cravings of our flesh, following its desires and thoughts. Does it remind you of anything? How about zombies? (laughs) (laughs) That's That's what I always come to. We were zombies. And it's funny. It is funny, isn't it? But also, ooh, zombies. Ooh, dead stuck, lifeless yet alive, beings that consume but they're never full, hungry but never satisfied, always wanting more and never feeling complete. Zombies. And that was our state. Paul knows the struggle. He talks about it. Jesus knew the struggle. And he says, not only is there a struggle but we're captives to it. We're dead. And guys, we always choose death in that state. There's a really great uh, spoken word artist called Propaganda. Um, I really love his stuff. And he basically does this really great spoken word called Gospel. Um, If you put on that, yeah. He says, sin is a cancer. It's an asthma. You're going to have to excuse my bad, like, spoken word. It's a cancer and asthma, choking out our life force, forcing separation from a perfect and holy God. And the only way to get back is to get back to perfection, but silly us. Trying to pass the course of life without referring to a syllabus. This is us. Heap up your good deeds, chant, pray, meditate. But all of that, of course, is spraying cologne on a corpse. And you can choose to ignore it as if something don't stink. It's like stepping in dog poop and refusing to wipe your shoe. But all of that ends with how good is good enough. Take your silly list of good deeds and line them up against perfection. Good luck. I've done a bit more there. but And the issue with sin is not that it's just saying no to God. But it is, as he talks about here, a deeper heart issue. From the core of my being, eating away at life itself and breaking down my ability to be in relationship with God and my life all around me. And the worst thing is, we let it in. And not only do we let it in, we indulge it. And Jesus is clear that those struggles with this aren't the ones that look around, as you look around, look like sinners. No. This is those who are sorted. The reality is the battleground for life and death is at the centre of every human heart. 
And I just want to be clear, there's no way you can go, guys, from the love of God. You can run from him. You can run to the heights or the depths in your struggles. His arms are always open. But we do still run, don't we? We still hate him. Or worse, we're totally apathetic towards him. And this, for this reason, it is that sin always leads to death. Because God is life himself. And when we're disconnected from him, not just death as we think in terms of the end of our life here on earth happens, but the effects of death in every area of our life ripple out. Romans 8, um, 12 to 13 says, For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you live by the Spirit, you put to death the misdeeds of your body, you will live. Paul's not talking about physically dying. There is something going on here that happens in every part of our being. When we run towards the pleasure, the bitterness, the self-justification, we eat and eat and eat and are never satisfied. Or we find ourselves falling again and again. Many of us live in this reality and then also the reality of our guilt and our shame. And it hangs so heavy on us. This isn't an easy sermon, by the way. It's not an easy thing to talk about, but it is a reality that we live in, this battle that goes on in our hearts. Um, We've all known friendships where we've seen this happen, friendships where there's been a breakdown of that relationship. And the worst thing that can happen is that one person chooses to act against the other person rather than living in relationship with and to that person. They make decisions or we make decisions in their heart, in our hearts, against them. And this is what sin is, but it is my heart actively deciding against God. And instead of a new, new, um, another human being, this is you and me making choices against the God who made you, who breathed life into your lungs, who wove you together in your mon- mother's womb, who gave you life and keeps your heart beating. But so much more than that, This is the God who has all life in its fullness. He has purpose for you. He is king. He is Lord. He is at the centre of everything and from him everything has life. And it's not just that this is actions and decisions you actively make. Sin is a disease that every human is plagued by. That means even when we want to trust God, even when we want to choose God, and choose his way, we don't and we can't. There's nothing we can do about it. Luther says, sin is a man curved in on himself. It is direct disconnection from God, and its pathway leads to death every time. And you might want to make yourself busy, or hide in shame, or self-pity, You might want to pretend like everything is okay, but as propaganda said, the reality of sin, it stinks of death. And you may know it or others may know it, but the the reality is we stink. It's hopeless. We're disconnected from God on our own and we can't choose good. Well, what are we going to do? It seems that the battle rages on and we just lose, lose and lose. Romans even says, Paul says, those who live according to the flesh have their mindset on what the flesh desires. 
The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. And that's because God is life. God is love. God is holy. He's set apart. He's pure. He's wonderful. He's kind, compassionate. He rolled out the stars in the night sky. He holds the water of the earth in the palm of his hands. He is just and he's good. And he cannot be that which is near that which is not. And his very creations, his beloved children, are those who would choose to be among the pigs, trapped by shame, eating the scraps of food even the pigs would not eat, wishing God dead just so they could consume the seemingly fleshly life instead of being in relationship with him and truly receiving life. Without God, in our own mess, death inside us and around us, disconnected from life himself, the walking dead. This is the effect of sin on us, our fleshly struggle. But God. (sighs) But God. But because of God's great love for us. But because of his great love for us, Therefore, there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. See, I wanted to get the picture. I wanted us to, to grasp the reality of sin and what it is and it, the utter destruction it brings so that as we look at Jesus, we see the utter wonder of what he has done. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. God has not left us in this state in our mess, and he hasn't left us on our own. (gasps) Thank goodness. The battle rages on, but we have a victor. We have a savior, we have a way out, and we have one who helps us in our weakness. The wonderful news of the gospel is, yes, we are in a state. Yes, our flesh has all sorts of disordered desires. Every single one of us here struggles over and over again, and we don't choose God. But God, Father, Son, and Spirit himself, in his great love for us, has done something about it and is doing something about it and will do something about it. And the invitation in Christ is open, hands of welcome to life, restored relationship and promised wholeness. You see, God so loved the world that as he looked at his creation, his children who he so dearly loved, the incurving in of ourselves, the brokenness, the mess we were in, and the way that death was destroying us from the inside out, he had compassion and he came towards us. He came towards you and me in Christ Jesus. We had hated God, but in his love and mercy, he came towards us in our state. God came And his name is Jesus. He walked among us, showing us what life can be in relationship with the Father, filled with the Holy Spirit, connected to life itself, showing us that what he, God, is actually like, showing us what it looks like to trust. And then as the ultimate act of love, innocent and undeserving, Jesus went to the cross. He died that death 
of the guilty and took on himself the death that you and I have heaped on ourselves, the end result of sin. He died the death we deserved. He took our place on that cross, messy and broken, and Jesus, innocent, succumbed to death in our place, dying and arriving at the end destination that you and I deserve. Life itself died, and in that moment, the sky went dark, and the penalty was paid. Death seemed to have won, but it was not the final word. Jesus rose back to life. Three days later, that tomb was empty, and he spoke those words, Mary. Isn't it beautiful? He calls her by her name, Mary. Jesus conquered over death. He has won. He has won. He has won, just in case you're not sure about that today. He has won. Sin and death are now a mortally wounded animal. And yes, that battleground is real, and they're going to do everything it can to hurt you in the meantime. But you're not on your own. Jesus has the final word. Jesus is alive, and he has left the Spirit to help us. It would be untruthful and cruel to say that once you're living in relationship with God, you'll never sin, you'll never struggle. That's not true. Life in the Spirit, living in relationship with God through Jesus, is not one where we suddenly don't experience hardships or temptations on this earth. I'm not here to tell you that today. There will come a day, there will come a day that he's promised where there will be no more tears. It isn't yet, but it is coming. But as a good friend said to me, when we do struggle with temptation, there is always a doorway out. And now, with the help of the Holy Spirit living inside us when we come to choose Jesus, living inside us, bringing us from death to life, we can choose life. We can choose to live in this life and all the wonder that comes with it. We're not zombies anymore. We are empowered with the Holy Spirit to make choices for life, for joy, and for good. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to it, the flesh, you will die. But if you live by the Spirit, you'll put to death the misdeeds of your body and you'll live. N.T. Wright really helpfully says, The story of all four Gospels is not that the story of how God came in Jesus to rescue souls for a disembodied, otherworldly heaven. It is the story of how God in Jesus became king on earth as in heaven. Isn't that helpful? One of my struggles in writing the sermon was we experience a lot of sin in the physical, but I'm doing a sermon on the Holy Spirit. Yeah? But N.T. Wright says, no, 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 get this right. It is the story of how God in Jesus became king on earth as in heaven, the physical and the spiritual together. They're not separate. God is not surprised by our struggle to choose him in our fleshly state. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was in all points tempted as we are. Yet he was without sin. You see, God understands, and the Holy Spirit's greatest delight is to help you, is to help us illuminate truth 
illuminate that doorway out to help us as we walk with God. We were guilty as charged, choosing death instead of life. We were dead, unable to help ourselves in the battle. But now in Christ and with the Holy Spirit's empowering, you can choose life. You can do it. You can choose life. You can make good decisions. You can take yourself out of places of sin and put yourself in places of life. You can. Anyone or anything that has ever told you that you cannot make good decisions is a liar. God has empowered you and he has given you a God-given power in the Holy Spirit to choose life. And you might not have before, but now in Christ you can because Jesus has won. He has risen again and the same spirit that rose him from the grave is in you and you are a new creation. So what does this life in the spirit look like? Well, in Christ, we're new creations. We've been given new hearts. And this is why Jesus says to follow him, we must be born again, born anew, from death to life. And when we're born in Christ, sin no longer has the same hold over us as it did before. We are renewed and redeemed and now children of light. You're no longer a slave. The Holy Spirit is in us, with us, helping us choose God, helping us see in the darkness. When we're struggling to take the door out of temptation, he reminds us of truth. He shows us that door. There is always a door. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his Spirit who lives in you. We are broken people, but God has given us his spirit in us to empower us. And although we feel the effects of sin, yes, there is still that battleground of our hearts. We're no longer captives to it. And this new identity, this new life, this new way of walking means there is no space for shame because we all fall short. We all mess up. And yes, Jesus has taken it all on the cross. Not one bit, and really hear this today. If you are struggling with guilt and shame, not one bit of your guilt is left. When Jesus looks at you, he, when God looks at you, when the Father looks at you, he sees you as innocent, as clean, as whole, as renewed and redeemed. He sees you as he sees Jesus. There is not one bit of our guilt left. We are forgiven and set free. And the Holy Spirit is with us on the battleground for our hearts. He speaks to us of truth and illuminates the wonder that we now call ourselves ours. We are now ours in Christ. Roman 8 puts it this way. For those who are led by the Spirit are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear. 
Rather, the spirit you received brought about the adoption to brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. That's why I love that Vishal sung that song at the beginning because we get to pray, Abba, Father, help me. The Spirit Himself testifies to our spirit: we are God's children. And as we walk this life, there's going to be many twists and turns. There are, like daily, aren't there? (laughs) We find ourselves on many different terrains with many different temptations. The battle is real. But how do we fight sin with the Holy Spirit? We choose God. We choose life in the midst of fear. We choose God in the midst of our temptation and struggle struggle and in do so we put to death the deeds of the flesh and we live we choose the peace-filled path not the easy one but the door through which is life and as we do so in the midst of temptation in the midst of the battle in the weakness and the struggle the struggle is so real isn't it the spirit himself testifies to your spirit you are his beloved child you are welcome in Yes, you feel weak. Let God be your strength. You can choose life. You can do it. And as we come to a close, there are three things I want to encourage us to do today. Those three things are confess, repent, and delight. Firstly, confess. Maybe you need to come to God today. And you need to confess even the battle You just need to confess that, Lord, there is this battle raging in my heart and I'm struggling. There is this heart attitude or I keep making this bad choice, God. Confess it. Talk to him about it. He meets you in that place. And maybe um, you need to talk to someone else. Maybe you need to confess it to someone else. We were made to be in community. Maybe if you're struggling regularly with something, maybe it would be good to talk to someone, to confess it to someone else, someone you trust, who you know is going to keep you accountable and encourage you and pray for you, who will stand with you as the Holy Spirit stands with you. And make this a practice of confessing. Maybe we need to confess. The second is repent, and these kind of come together, confess and repent. This is the decisive act of turning away from sin and returning to God. Maybe we need to confess to God and then we need to say, okay, now now I'm going to change. Now this is a decisive moment. I'm going to do a 180. I'm going to turn away from death and I'm going to turn to life. Maybe you need to repent today. Maybe you need to make that active decision. And thirdly, maybe you just need to delight. When was the last time you just delighted in God? When was the last time you just were like, I am a sinner, God, but Jesus, you've taken all of that on the cross and now I'm a child. What? It's amazing. It is only when our hearts are set on God and we find greater delight in him than in sin that we see those works of the flesh put to death. Maybe today you just need to delight. Have um, Today we've looked at the battleground of our hearts and how it's death versus life. We've looked at how God in his great compassion came and gave himself, taking on the death that was ours, and he offered us life. And now on the battleground, we're no longer enslaved, but we're empowered to choose God, to delight in our risen saviour, 
in his victory and we can now, empowered, choose him.